it's Friday. You know what time it is. Yes. FRPC Hoops. It is Vince, and I am joined by the Canadian Bomber, the Canadian Shaman, the Canadian Bill Simmons, the Canadian Zach Lowe, Ooh. and the forever Canadian son of one Loretta Curran, RIP Mom, Nico Miotello. What is up with yeah. you? Not a whole lot today. I'm excited to get in and talk about some more of this summer league that just passed. We're moving into the dog days of the NBA summer. Nothing much going on for the next uh, about month and month and a bit here, and then we'll start getting training camps kicking up and everything that goes with that going into preseason. So. We're excited for that to come, but it's nice to have this time to kind of examine the season that was and the summer league that we just saw happen. It'll get us excited for next year, and it's it's a good time in the basketball calendar, even if nothing's going on. Well, with nothing going on, mm-hmm. what were your exploits last night, sir? Last night, I... <laughs> Shannon and I started on the quarterback documentary on Netflix. We got through the first two episodes and uh, she, she was getting into it. She always gets into documentaries in general. Right. And uh, then eventually they showed the Patrick Mahomes pass in week two where he was running towards the end zone and then got sacked and ended up throwing it up to a tight end, I think, in the corner of the end zone. I think it was Kelsey. I can't remember for sure, though. And it was just like a big play, and she was amazed by everything that was going on. And she said, I wonder, like, how did he know that person was going to be there in the end zone, in the corner of the end zone? And then I started explaining to her how they run plays over and over in practice, just so the quarterback knows where every player is supposed to be on the field at certain times, the progressions as they go through. And it was just like a switch flipped for her when after I explained that moment. And she was like, oh my God, I understand football now. And she was watching the rest of the documentary with like this huge smile on her face, just really impressed with everything that happened and everything that's going on on the field and said it just took understanding the quarterback position for her to really figure out how football works, especially with Patrick Mahomes, because it's hard to the blind eye to figure out how he makes those no look passes and all that stuff. But once you dive in and actually understand some of that stuff, it makes the game a whole lot more fun. And now she, for the first time in our relationship, is very excited for this upcoming football season because she thinks she can really get into it this upcoming year. Now really understanding the, the chess game that's going on on the field as well as just like the highlights and everything fun that goes along with it. So it was a great night for us last night. We were very excited with that overall, and we're looking forward to the rest of the documentary because it's actually really well made. I'm really excited to see what happens when Marcus Mariota loses his job as the starting quarterback and how that all unfolds on the show overall. 
and I'm excited for this to be a recurring series. I'm I wonder who they'll end up picking next year. I'm selfishly hoping Kenny Pickett is on the list. He's already kind of hinted at maybe some level of interest in that series. So I I'd love to see something like that happen and I'm just excited for whoever they pick going forward. There's so many fun guys in this league at quarterback that I'd really want to get that kind of inside look at the season they go through. It's a really cool series. I prefer it to a show like Hard Knocks. So I'm hoping it continues to pick up momentum and maybe they even start making more shows in this vein going forward. I mean, this is where content is going, you know, Mm -hmm. behind the scenes and what have you. And this is why we try to do this podcast so we can give you a little bit. I'm trying to get connections here and there. Yeah. So, um, so that was the night. What y'all yeah. eat? That's what y'all eat. Uh, we got there's a really popular Canadian. Oh, a little bit of a cut in and out there. Uh, there's a really popular uh, Canadian fried chicken chain called Mary Brown's, and we ended up ordering from there. It was a pretty pretty solid meal overall they have really good spicy chicken and they're uh they have potato wedges they call taters and they're seasoned so well it's like one of the best fast food dishes you can get in the country overall so big shout out to mary brown's please sponsor the podcast right on yeah get that in so cool yeah all right now speaking of spicy i got some spicy names for you we are going to talk about some of these draft picks mm-hmm. and their developmental path. We're yeah. still on that. Still going to be on that. Mm-hmm. And we're going to take a look at the teams too a little bit, you know, and um, how they drafted, what they kind of look for. Does this kind of fit their mold of operation? And uh, the first person that I want to take a look at is somebody who kind of exploded late in the uh, summer league. Okay. Our guy, Marcus Sasser of the mm. Detroit Pistons. Yeah. Uh, that. You can't hear me? It cut. Because it's it perfect on out. my side. Oh, it cut it's out. Like perfect. I, I don't know what happened. Sorry. I don't just, know. You started to talk and it cut out. Well, I mean, Sasser, I mean, the one thing that I kind of just love about him is just the tenacity, you know, like his his play. It also fits Kelvin Sampson to a T. Yeah. He's Kelvin Sampson guy, right? Um, you know that he's going to press the ball a lot. Uh, usually Houston guards are going to take care of the ball and value the basketball. Mm-hmm. My problem or my thought process was: Is he going to be tall enough and get it, be able to get his own shot? Mm-hmm. Well, when he finally got featured, which it took a while, yeah, he showed out. Definitely, he's uh, he's an impressive guy. I think overall, the the role I kind of saw for him in the league was more of a like bench guard, high level guy, and. Like those six man types, you can't don't normally get defense out of them. So the fact that he was going to provide that 
on top of the sort of instant offense style creation makes him like a pretty high value player. But coming out of this summer league, it does seem like there might be even further upside there. Uh, It's a little bit of a weird spot in Detroit for him overall now, considering that they have their two guards of the future kind of stapled in ahead of him in the rotation. And then also Asar, who should be their three moving forward. It's going to be hard for him to really find minutes in that starting lineup or even find significant minutes as a backup, like a typical six man, because all the better players in the starting group play your same positions. So I'm a little bit concerned about that. That being said, having more good players is only ever a good thing. So it's a nice spot for the Pistons to be in right now. And hopefully it helps them kind of create more consistent offense throughout. They're going to have guys like Bagley and Wiseman in their rotation, it looks like. And that's not necessarily something we're super excited about. But if they're coming off the bench and Sasser is also there making an impact and can kind of use them a little bit in the pick and roll, it might give the Pistons something real to work with on their second unit. And then hopefully that means they can take a pretty sizable leap forward this year. Well, the way I look at it is that there's, there's 96 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, from the guard, from the point, from the point guard and, and guard position, right? If you have those minutes, uh, you can carve out 16 easy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I would be, I see that for him um, playing a, along with Cade, would look might I want to see that a lot because it, it just seems like it would be perfect because he can stand in the corner and shoot a three. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that Killian Hayes was never going to be able to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out to Kevin O'Connor who still eats that, unfortunately, but we all do, right? Uh, yeah. Um, the other thing is, is that what I liked about him is not just the the ability to play on and off the ball, but specifically play on the ball mm-hmm. to kind of take some of the load away. And I thought we saw with Ivy that maybe that was a little too big for him. Yeah, he's just he's just doing too much out there, realistically. So, like, he's a good player, a good ball handler. But in that circumstance, like he was trying to move too fast, do like create all the offense by himself and put himself in a spot to really like expound upon his role. And that just wasn't going to work. So like, I think he can be better this next season and I'd expect him to improve, but it's, I'm not going to be one of those mammoth jumps I think we were expecting coming in. Maybe he's more of like a year three breakout candidate. Well, that's all the reason that Sasser to me is important. And that's why I think the minutes will work is that at least with this is that you're not looking for like expert, like point guard play or whatever. You're just looking for a ball mover, a connector, somebody. And also the added the, the additive of defense where maybe now the game is a little more up-tempo and you're getting break dunks and things of this nature, which will really elevate what Ivy can do. Mm-hmm. And also 
I mean, not saying that you want to do it a lot, depending on who you play. Ivy's not small, small. You could mm-hmm. slide like Cade up to the three and have that triumvirate play with one another if you were looking for maybe somebody who could shoot it. Yeah. Yeah, that's really that's really true. I think those lineups could be functional as well. It's just it, it it's a hard thing to envision as of right now, but once they all get on the floor together a little more and we've seen them play a few games, it could probably crystallize into something. Well, that's hopefully the whole game plan here is that yeah. we're going to kind of push forward and say, "Uh, oh, this is what kind of squat we kind of see in that." Now, Development-wise, what was some of the things that maybe he was doing that, oh, this is, oh, he's going to have to clean this up? It, it was hard to see, like, a clear point of that in general. I think you kind of alluded to him not functioning the best off-ball at this point. Uh, that's going to be a learning curve for him overall. He had that problem a little bit this year at Houston too. And I think that's why his name didn't rise up in the draft as much as he was maybe expecting. He couldn't really function off ball with Jairus at the same level that I think some people were expecting. So that, that was a little problematic. I think maybe some work on that, but besides that, like for the role he's going to play, I, I think he kind of showed you everything you wanted to see. All right, yeah. I mean, I'm if you can get fourteen to sixteen legitimate minutes out of this kid, mm. that's a win. Definitely. And it looks like they are very excited about him. They are it seems like the Detroit fans are like the Killian Hayes era is over. Oh, we don't have yeah. to deal with this anymore. <laughs> Long live Marcus Sasser. Mm-hmm. No more making so, excuses. Absolutely. Another guy I wanted to talk about, which should bring a smile onto your face. Mm. Bryce Sensabaugh. Yeah. Of the Utah Jazz. Yeah. How are we how are we feeling about him not playing, you know, or like playing very little, whatever case may be? What what did you see? What do you think his path is gonna be? Didn't- as far as didn't see like a whole lot, obviously. He didn't really play, so there wasn't uh, a whole lot to draw on. But I think some of the stuff we did see out of a guy like Keontae George probably bodes pretty well for him, meaning that it looks like there's going to be more ball movement and more like effective point guard play on this Utah Jazz team going forward. And that's going to help Bryce a lot because he needs to function as an off-the-ball shooter. Uh, He needs to figure out the defensive game, obviously, because that's not a strong suit of his at all. He can't do much of it. But it would have been nice to see him doing a little more with the ball in his hands in this summer league. I think that might be the focus of the Jazz's next summer league to see what he can actually do. And he's a guy who's definitely in a spot to come back. Uh, We also didn't get to see Taylor Hendricks, which wasn't super exciting either. That Jazz draft I thought was so good. I even ranked it above Houston's. Uh, Keontae was an absolute home run, but we didn't get to see the other guys that I was super excited about. So 
this upcoming season, the Jazz are going to make a pretty strong run to be my favorite league pass team in the entire NBA. And I'm, I can, honestly can't wait to watch him. My problem with him not playing is that now I don't know where his role is. Like, I, there's nothing definitive about because Clarkson is there. Mm-hmm. You got, um, Sexton. you still got Sexton. Keontae George showed himself very well. Yeah. And, you know, my man. Oh. All right. You all right? Yeah. You all right? Okay. <laughs> uh, you want to you pick it up? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. It, it cut out on me again there. Um, okay. The, I think ideally you're just probably throwing him into a shooting role here um, this upcoming season and probably more at the three. Like you said, they do have a lot of guard competition that's currently on the roster he won't be in a spot where he's starting he honestly might get some time in the g league this upcoming season just to kind of refine the the rest of his game there but long term i'm thinking he's going to be uh, a player for this team and i think he can actually add to what a lot of those guys you were mentioning brings because providing spacing to give someone like Keontae more room to operate is going to be a huge boon, especially if Taylor Hendricks can step in and really make strides as a shooter. You have uh, a guy in Walker Kessler defensively who can protect the rim and you still have Lowry Markinen as well. That's a lot of offense and defense you can throw on the floor at once. So If Bryce can figure out some stuff on the defensive side of the ball or figure out like how to become more impactful as a ball handler and slasher, I think he's probably got a a really nice spot in the rotation to work himself into. It's just going to take some growth on his part this upcoming season. Yeah, this leads me to the next guy that I'm a little worried about. Mm hmm. Jordan Hawkins of the Pelicans. Yeah. He who had a pretty good summer league. It was up and down, um, but you saw some of the shooting. He's better um, than you thought he'd be. Yeah. Uh, also, attacked the rim a little bit. Yeah. Like, you know, and was like really kind of rugged as far mm-hmm. as getting in there after rebounds and was a little more intensity than I thought I was going to see from Jordan Crawford. So um, I'm looking at all of what New Orleans has. Uh, Mm -hmm. You got McCollum and and you have Tyson Daniels and you got Grand Theft Auto Alvarado. I mean, there's, there's a ton, there's a litany of guards there. Yeah. Um, He did show enough to me where it's like, like to see him out there mm-hmm. you know i like to see him out there and i yeah. just don't know where the role is I, I i'm i think i was dumbfounded the the day the night of the draft yeah. and i think i'm still as dumbfounded today yeah it seems like they really want to attack these role player types they've already got like you mentioned like a glut of them 
and they just went and attacked it again with the player in Hawkins. And he actually did more as a passer, primarily. That was the main thing I saw from him that I didn't really expect. And if that becomes a part of his package, maybe they're finding a way to phase out McCollum sooner rather than later because long-term Dyson and Jordan Hawkins, maybe you can get enough passing from that unit, especially with a guy like Brandon Ingram taking a step up as a playmaker last season. The Danny LaRue's fractional point guard theory might come out with this uh, Pelicans team this upcoming season if they try and create something like that rather than feeding McCollum as much. I I guess I was dumbfounded as well on draft night. And I came into this year uh, kind of expecting a little less from Hawkins just because of all the people who are already ahead of him in this situation or just specifically in his role. But coming out of the summer league, I felt like, okay, maybe the youth is going to prevail once again. And maybe taking a player like this is a way you could build a future team around Zion, but also a way you could build a future team without Zion. So it could put you in a spot where, hey, maybe Brandon Ingram's playing the four now. And we have Herb out there with Jordan Hawkins and whatever point guard or Dyson Daniels being that guy. It kind of gave them more flexibility long term to pursue multiple routes. And I'm intrigued by that. I like them keeping their options open here. So all in all, in the end, I like the pick a lot more today than I did immediately after the draft. It was one of those situations where I was like, when I was watching him summer league, I was like, wow, this, this is nice. You know, this is really nice. And then I was like, sad. I was just like, uh, yeah, is he going to play? Like they love Alvarado there. And I understand why he's oh. a pest, whatever, but mm-hmm. this dude is six, four. And like, he was showing some tenacity. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying like you should, you should just give him minutes over Alvarado, but you know at the end of the day, you know I think we have started to see length is important everywhere. Yeah. So more, more important than ever. If you're saying you're, if you could say this guy can kind of get away with being a point guard at six foot four and a half, mm-hmm. you know what have you? Yeah, you you want to move towards that direction instead of having little tiny. Guards and stuff like that, you know. Um, the next guy that I want to get to is a guy that I know you are really excited about, and I I want to kind of talk about it because I I'm very interested in where you see his. When we kind of talked about him, Anthony Black. Oh yeah, role fit future right yeah because it's it's exactly what orlando always does Mm -hmm. literally the it's i don't i don't know why anybody was surprised by this actually i have no idea why people were like freaking out yeah anthony black was the pick now i'm starting to see orlando twitter kind of 
die down and mm-hmm. feel better. Yeah. But my man was, he was everything that I thought he was. Mm-hmm. Me too. You know, like I was like, oh, this is great. This is going to mm-hmm. work out. I see it. No worries whatsoever. And I was like, now, if you're asking me, do I know if he's going to hit the highest level? I don't know. But yeah, even his median and his floor are good enough for me. Like, that's going to play in the NBA for a long he's, period of time. I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, he, I think, realistically, by the end of this year, he's going to be the starting point guard in Orlando. I know Markel Fultz is a good NBA player. And he is also a deserving starting point guard in the NBA. I understand there are things he provides that Anthony Black also provides. And at this current day, Markel may be better in those circumstances. But I don't think it's going to take very long for Anthony Black to outpace him there. And everything else this guy can do on a basketball Court, just like adding that to the mix is going to be huge. I know there are people out there that didn't like this selection very much because of the lack of shooting Orlando's going to have eventually thinking of a big three of Franz, Paulo, and Anthony Black. That's not uh, a lineup that can space to three super effectively. Well, a big three specifically that could space to three. But I wouldn't bet against a guy like Anthony Black developing a shot. This guy has shown you touch on every other part of the floor. Even specifically, someone like him who has such good and direct passing touch with both hands, that is something that translates a lot more to shooting for him than a lot of people generally talk about. People mention free throw rate as like, the number one indicator and it to a certain extent it is because it's such a higher volume of sample size and everything and it can show you what a shot looks like and how projectable it might be long term and the mechanics it's really easy to boil down there but when it comes to someone who can do that many things with putting the basketball exactly where it needs to be on a string multiple times that is a skill you have to lock in on Because, like, think about LeBron James. Dude has never been an elite shooter, but when he put his mind to it for a few seasons, he hit that next level. I'm not saying Anthony Black is LeBron James. I'm just saying, like, look at that passing touch, that style of ball manipulation. There is similarities between their games. And I think he can hit that level, even a guy like Jokic, not necessarily a shooter, but just so good with the ball in his hands, eventually he figures out the shooting. Anthony Black, I think, is going to be in that same ballpark. Now, the role that he has to play this year is kind of muddled because mm-hmm. you got Cole Anthony, you have Mark Elfold, I'm not worried Jalen Suggs. You, There's you, a lot of guards here, man. Yeah, a Cole Anthony, I think, might just fall out of the rotation at this point, honestly. He's been surpassed, I think, by everyone else. I wonder. I wonder. <clears throat> I wonder about that. I wonder about... Because the other, the other play is this. Could this be a possible resurrection of, of Suggs? 
Yeah, he, he did have a good shot. Those two, to me, could work together as far as the energy is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, the last we saw of Suggs, obviously at Gonzaga, um, really good defender as far as Cern can stay in front of people. He seemed to have a hard time in the NBA doing it. Yeah. He seemed a little bit better last year. Seemed like it slowed down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it was just he just got off to a bad start. And we're I mean, I'm not saying he's gonna be awesome. I'm just asking, could this be where Jalen Suggs becomes viable at this point? I I always thought there was a player in there. I'm obviously I'm a, so high on him still. I still got stock. I I got some. I've sold a lot of it though, because like the player I thought he was going to be, I think the ship has sailed on that. Um, but there are still so many skills within that like game overall. And the particular things he can do on the floor, I think are really very impressive. So like there is a role for him long term and there might even eventually be a starting role. For him, but I just kind of think he's been surpassed on this team overall. I think it would take a Markel trade for Suggs to be a really legitimate, like long-term play on this team. And I like his defense as much as the next guy. I kind of think the career trajectory now more so where you're looking kind of like Marcus Smart on the high end. And that's like his his best kind of outcome right now. I that's the type of player that you might be you might want to keep on your team long term, but you also replacing him it's not the end of the world. So I, that's yeah. kind of the vision I have for Suggs long term at this point. All right, could do more off. And le- so. <laughs> another guy that I want to hit is to me it's like a real happy note. Um, Chris Murray out of Iowa, the brother of Keegan, mm-hmm. uh, went to the Blazers um, with the 23rd pick right in front of the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. I wonder if that had anything to do with that. Yeah, that was heartbreaking. Um, well, here's the thing. I actually think he ended up in a really good spot. He did. Can he I did. explain why? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, take all the Dame stuff out. Just take all of that out. We just, not even talking about it. You got Scoop, Shaden, Anthony Simons. And this guy is one of those just plug and play. Oh, you want me to stand here, hit the shot? Okay. You want me to rebound? Okay. You want me to move the ball? Okay. I can. He's just a jack of all trades. I don't need to be great at any one of these, but I can also compliment everybody around me. And I can play competent basketball. Also, I'm a grown up. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm 22. Yeah, you know. So, yes, maybe it takes him a second to adjust to the league, mm-hmm. but he showed well in summer league. Mm-hmm. I don't think the game was for him, but even in the spots where the game wasn't for him, you mm-hmm. saw how he was impacting the game, and that is exciting to me. Because he felt comfortable in his own skin, and I love players that that have that. Yeah, 
I the sad and sick thing about the Chris Murray selection is I agree with you, like throw the dame of it all out with that. But this is the exact player they always wanted to put with dame teams. This is the guy they needed to make the spacing and defense work. They were like throwing shit at the wall with Al Farouk Aminu and Derek Jones Jr. Just like praying for a Chris Murray. And then they get a Chris Murray and Dame demands a trade. Like it, it sucks, but that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Um, I, I agree that he's landed in a really good spot for himself long term. I think this is probably the best spot for like, a big to wind up in next because like you, you look at the guards they have Anthony, I think might not be a part of the long-term plan just between Shaden and Scoot. I think you have guards like kind of figured out. Now you have Chris Murray to throw out there. That's like your quintessential fifth starter. You're looking for the right kind of guy at the three and the five. If there is a big in free agency, a big demanding a trade, maybe uh, free DeAndre Ayton you could get at some point this year. I think this is like the perfect place to kind of throw a guy like that with some upside. And uh, probably like build out a really impressive team long term. Like, I got to say, like, this is the first time in a very long time that there isn't a team in the league. I, I guess Chicago would be the one. But there, besides them, there's like no teams in the league who don't either have a path far in the playoffs or a path to a good future team. Like every team seems pretty settled in a good spot right now. And that's pretty infrequent in the NBA overall. I'm overall really excited with it and Portland I think is a perfect example of that because they're one of the teams at the bottom right now and they have such a clear path to improving in one maybe one and a half years and being a real playoff contender sooner rather than later I think the other thing that I like about this is that there's not a lot of pressure on them because it's the second pick you know of their group um, Scoot's gonna get all the hype. He'll be able to handle it. Yeah. The other thing is that he gets to learn from like Jeremy Grant. Mm-hmm. You know, like we can say what we want about Jeremy Grant his his career path that he's chosen. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> why that's concerned. That guy's taking um, maybe as many shots as Jordan Poole this year. Yes, sir. Um, but I think he's a good vet for him. I, I do. I think that you can't ask nothing. He's been a professional everywhere he's gone. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's to me, and also a guy who also worked his way to this level. Mm-hmm. You know, we can say all what we want. That dude has gotten paid twice. Yep, he sure has. And, he's- and I want him to get the bag. So. Last time he got paid, people were talking about how overpaid he was, how he would never be worth that. And he went out and outperformed that contract. He was offered an extension last year for something, I think it was like four years, $72 million, and he turned it down and people called him crazy. 
and he goes gets five for 160. You want to talk about like the perfect NBA career for an undrafted player? You look at someone like Jeremy Grant, you look at someone like Fred Van Bleet, and the way these dudes have cashed in, like there is a template out there now. You just get into the league and you work your ass off and take every like increase in role that you can. And it works out, man. Him betting on himself, stepping into a bigger creation role in Detroit was like exactly what's led him to this point. And you just got to salute the man for betting on himself. I, I didn't love the contract he was signed to by Portland, but that was more of a situation Portland would put themselves in. And I, I just got to keep giving shout outs to him for what he's been able to do with his career at this point. I re- I'm old enough to remember when everyone thought Jerrion was the better player of the Grant brothers. That that seems distant now. Jeremy wow. is is a very good NBA player and I'm I'm very proud of him for what he's been able to do to this point of his career. And then <clears throat> Getting back to Keegan and his development with Jeremy Grant, I mean, you're looking at a situation where, like, mm-hmm. this is quintessential role, very low volume, yeah. but now you can work on things. And they'll allow you to work on things because the turnover is happening. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know, so you can develop a little more on-ball, second creation type of thing. You can... The pull-up jump shot is my corner three, you know, can I extend it out to the NBA, you know, corner three, Mm. those type of things. These are all things that he's going to be able to work on. No worries whatsoever. And he's going to be able to do it in an environment of development because we always talk about Mike Schmidt coming to that team. Mm -hmm. And then who did they get from the G League at night? Pooh Jeter. So now you got these two guys together with all this young talent, and this is all they want to do is develop. So I see nothing but good for him. I I love his direction. I love the spot he went to. And I I mean, we can say right now that, oh, could we definitely rotation starter guy – that's like where I have like floor, mm-hmm. right? I'm not saying he's going to be this multiple time all star or whatever, yeah. but if some of the skills come, to, that's a solid fourth dude. Yeah, like if you have him, if you as your fourth dude, and he's pretty good defensively, which he has shown to be, ends up in the right spots. It's all you can ask for out of. 23rd pick in the draft yeah definitely that's the perfect kind of guy you can get in that situation and like even even if he becomes the fifth starter like the fourth starter i think is the the high-end dream but the fifth starter i think you're still absolutely ecstatic with that as the 23rd pick i'm i'm glad that 
he ended up in a situation like this. I really would wish he would have ended up on the Kings because that would have been so much fun. But this spot was great for him as well. And I think long-term it's going to work out. I want to see the uh, Murray versus Murray matchup. (laughs) Yeah. See if we can get some real, like, brother-on-brother beef going. We also got the Thompson twins. Uh They only play like once a year, twice a year. So it's not going to be as spicy, you know, but yeah, they do have fan bases that are predetermined to hate each other though. Well, well, hey, love to see it. Love to see it because it's Mm -hmm. all starting to happen. I'm seeing like a lot of stuff on Twitter about like, what was it? It was somebody who popped off. Above. Let's say it was like Raptor fan or something popped off about to Houston or something. Like you guys are catching strays from a lot of people. Oh, why, why is that? Always. Uh, because we have an incredibly active Twitter fan base. One of the mo- more active groups, I would say, on the platform. And uh, it's been that way for a while since the James Harden days because we had to go online to defend our man for so many years and then i think once once the fall off started to happen a lot of people were happy to see our downfall but the way we so quickly shifted into a rebuild that like at least conceptually made sense i think it kind of pissed people off they were ready to hate on this team and then also like the team's been built around jalen green who is, I, I don't want to say hateable, but I don't want to not say hateable. Like there, he's a guy who you can easily, he's a guy who people can easily root against. So I think like a combination of all of those factors happening at the same time really like led to the down or the, not downfall, but just like hatred of our fan base from other fan bases on the internet. And, uh, the way the way the group defends themselves is very rabid too. So I I understand why the fan base gets as much vitriol as it does. It's in some ways unearned, but it uh, so loud. It, it's very loud. loud. It's loud, very loud. loud. It is very loud. Um, I'm <laughs> I expect it to continue though. I expect us to just get louder this upcoming season, especially. If we do improve by 10 to 15 wins, I think there's going to be a lot of popping off. All right. We're going to talk about one more guy. It sounds good. And that guy, who do I want to talk about? Let's talk about Kobe Buffkin. Okay. Let's talk about Kobe Buffkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, this was the guy out of Michigan that I was excited about. This yeah. was the one. We were split as a podcast. Mm-hmm. We had a Jet fan over there, mm-hmm. Bucky fan here. I would say before um, the draft, before the draft, you were on the side of the majority. I would say more people were on the Buffkin side than the Jet side. But. I just love the kid. I like the way he plays. Um, a little bit bigger than I think people thought he was. You know, I think 
he thought he was like six three for some reason. He definitely isn't. Yeah. Um, and he has a little just an attitude to his game. Like, yeah. Dude, oh like, yeah, for sure. I'm not. I'm not scared of you at all. I don't know what you're talking about, but uh, yeah. Let's go ahead and roll this ball out and see what happens, right? Yeah. He rebounds decently well for his size. Um, he's a willing passer. Uh, he did show some of that um, last year. Um, actually, it stabilized their offense when they finally allowed him to be that. Because mm-hmm. he wasn't the guard going into the start of the year, and they kind of went through a whole cycle of dudes. And then when they finally settled on him, they actually looked like a a, a decent team. Functional because that was a yeah. that was a bad bad basketball team early in the year. Mm-hmm. So, um, now. Developmental wise, where he's at, this was the other guard that I was like, oh, I'm confused right now. I'm really confused mm-hmm. about what's going on. Yeah. Because it makes me think that there is something up, but I'm not. I don't have anything that says to me that anything's up. Like nothing has said, oh, screams to me, anything's up. Mm -hmm. But it would make a lot of sense if something was up because this is a lot of guards. Yeah. A lot of guards. We got Trey. We got DeJounte. They play a lot of minutes. Bogdan. Mm -hmm. We got, we got other guards. Yeah. I it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me at first. We talked about it on our live show. We've talked about it on the pod since then. That it the Buffkin fit doesn't seem the most functional on a team that's already starting two different point guards. But now that time has went on, it seems to look more and more like maybe Buffkin's not going to be a hawk long term. Uh, what? Yeah. The I uh, have to hit the breaking news situation on on the YouTube channel when we do this. Well, you may <laughs> just maybe. Uh, I know there's been a whole lot of buzz around this Siakam to the Hawks rumor, and neither of us think that's going to happen. Uh, that boy who cried wolf on Siakam by this point. But for that trade to work, Buffkin would have had to be involved, and. Now that the point we're at where we're getting closer and closer to the day he'd be eligible to be traded, I'm wondering if Siakam falls through, if the Hawks don't maybe swing another move. And he ends up going out one way or another. Um, There were rumors that the Raptors did like Bufkin before the draft. So maybe, maybe that's, it's all been a part of the plan, but I... I, I don't believe that that one's going to happen. Maybe something else, though. Hopefully something else that where Buffkin finds himself in a spot where there's actually upside for eventual playing time. Because this DeJounte extension and the fact that the organization loves Trey so much, especially the owner's son, uh, it's a really rough mm-hmm. spot for the kid at this point. So I'm hoping they figure something else out. Yeah, I 
I would love to see him. <clears throat> There's a lot of squats you, you could see him in. Um, Toronto wouldn't be a bad squat. Wouldn't be a bad squat at all. Um, mm. Because they're just roll ball, no. ball out and just play. You know, just play. Um, mm. Too many guards at the other place that I would love to see him at, but I really would like to see him in Washington, D.C., but there's too many. There's oh. too much going on there. Yeah. Too much going on there right now. Um, now, I don't know if it would make sense. I, they they do have a lot of uh, trade, asset, equity built up. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this would be like a spot where I know this doesn't make them fundamentally better, like right, right now, but they have been incrementally getting better. This would be a smart trade mm-hmm. for the Knicks. Uh, I, I have you don't a think you can of... play off ball with Jalen Brunson at a six at a six foot four no, and a six five level play off ball. Yeah, no, I think he could play off the ball. I just, I like to see him in a spot where maybe he doesn't have to play off the ball so much. I'm just, that's like my problem with him in Atlanta to start. The one that kind of feels like it could happen to me is uh, Mr. DeMar DeRozan in Chicago. Seems like the type of player Atlanta talks themselves into. And long-term, he he might be a nice fit for the Chicago Bulls. So I, I could see... I like some, that. I could see something along those lines happening. But that, that feels like a consolation prize. If you don't get Siakam, maybe you make a run at DeMar. So I, it, it's one I've been kicking around in my head. I, I want to keep an eye out on it. See, if Atlanta didn't make this DeJounte Murray trade... They would be in, in a great spot, <laughs> good shape for Carl yeah. Anthony Towns, uh, yeah. and then you could trade Buffkin and give Buffkin to Ant Edwards, and this would make my life a lot better. And it would make your life a lot better. It would make Atlanta's defense Swiss Swiss cheese level. <laughs> that well, they don't care about that. Trey yeah. likes score. Carl yeah. Anthony Towns likes score. It don't matter. And whatever. Yeah. I'm just saying, Buffkin. Yeah, I would like that. I would, I would like that side of it for sure. Yes, that's who I care about. I'm more on the ant side than I'll be on the Trey side anyway. So, no offense to Trey. No, that's football player. Your favorite and your not so favorite player. He, yeah, it's literally you're talking about definition. Ant is my type of guy, along with Desmond Bain. Keontae George, they're all on that level for me. Yeah. Tyrese is on that level. And then Trey is like with where would I put Trey? Trey is kind of like with uh who's another guy that I was like, hmm. hmm. I don't want to disrespect him. I like Harden. Oh yeah. Harden, maybe. He's on that list. You know, kind of like, yeah, that type of situation. Jalen Green? 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, Jalen King of Houston. Oh, you know, you know, I'm saying. I hope you have a good season, bro. Cause you gonna need it. Yeah, because people are coming for you. You will. Cause let my let my Cam Whitmore propaganda begin. Okay, let it begin. Okay, I'm just letting you know, Jalen. My eyes, because I I seen the point guard. His name is uh, Amen Thompson. Okay, uh-huh. I seen I seen the point guard. I know Fred is there. I got you. Fred can play off ball. He can. You know who can also play off ball? Can't wait more. So yeah, there. <clears throat> I I'm starting to think Cam Whitmore might be the downfall of another draft pick from that class the way he's been playing lately because it does seem like the Rockets are talking a whole lot about the Jabari at the five lineups and Cam Whitmore makes those work a whole lot better and if Jabari's at the five Shangoon sure as shit isn't at the five in those lineups so I I wonder if the Cam Whitmore breakup breakout might lead to the demise of Shangoon's minutes more so than anyone else. There's a couple teams around here who are just just prime for activity. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, it's hard to even talk about because everybody's on vacation now. Like I know a couple people that was like, "Peace, see you later," and I was like. Have a good one. Um, and we're not doing that because no. what we're going to do is we're going to keep this going. We're going to just mm-hmm. drop like five, six guys, casual, what have you. So you'll be getting that all through um, the end of July into August. There'll be a couple other things that we're working on um, to have that set. And we're constantly now working on the 2024 Yes, sir. On to 2024. 2024 is going to be a whole lot of fun. There's some real guys in 2024. I think also we'll have some, uh, you know, so more of this, more hopefully of the guys who are going to make an impact or not make an impact on your team and where do we see them going in the next couple. I know some of these were a little like, oh, man, I'm excited about this guy, but you got to look at your team. With without the, the the colored glasses on a little bit, you know, you gotta look at them a little bit differently now, because your guy might get traded or he might get lost in the sauce. Basically, mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you. I P K J Martin. Yeah, he's gone. You know what I'm saying? Like I got Jalen Hood. Shafino is not getting minutes for the Lakers. Sorry to say. Yeah, he is. He is not getting minutes. Hopefully, at one point this year, he'll be able to earn some. I, you know, it's gonna be hard for him. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah, mean, injuries. He's might picking up scraps and everything. <clears throat> well, supposedly, as a Laker fan, I'm supposed to expect 77 games from like the the AD and uh, LeBron. No, you're supposed to expect 65. No. Cause that's how Dude, I'm not getting any of that. But I'm just saying, if you listen to Laker fan, like these dudes have been healthy the whole time they've been here. 
I don't know how it works. Uh, I, I just think they're aiming they're aiming directly at that 65 game mark. I think that's what everyone's going to start doing. So I think uh, we're going to get more people mm-hmm. playing closer to that range. I said, I said, um, you got to get 135 combined between the two if you really are going to think about yourself in a championship mm-hmm. corridor. Yeah, that's right? that's fair. Um, I don't believe that you'll get there. I'm zero zero point zero chance that they will get there. But um, you know, hey, you know, all all of Laker Nation has been. I mean, basically saying we're going to get that. Hopefully, hopefully, so, I would love to see the Lakers healthy this season. That would be a great addition to the title race but 100 i don't know if we well, get to see it history is a great source of what is about to happen mm-hmm. history is a great source of it yeah the trend has not been great three years i know people say oh bubble year but yeah there was three months off and this that the other and i don't listen i don't go bubble championship that's a championship we got a ring for that i don't care what mm-hmm. anybody says you can tear it down all you want that's because your team doesn't have one. Um but I'm I'm not I'm not super over the moon about our chances of our top two guys playing 130 games. Just not yeah. on that. Um last thing that I want to say is uh Nico, mm-hmm. three thousand views on YouTube. Yes, sir. Exciting. Thank you guys for watching. We're very, very appreciative. Uh, The view counter keeps going up. We keep getting more interactions. And I got to give a big shout out to Vince for that because he's been making the videos a lot more interesting to watch with the graphics. And now we're on uh, pumping out some thumbnails and stuff like that. So I think going forward long term, we're going to have high quality videos to show you guys. And I honestly can't wait to keep producing them. They're a lot of fun to make. I love doing this podcast. And uh, after the wedding, I can't wait to double down and make a whole lot of better content for you guys. So please stay tuned to our YouTube, our socials at FrontRunnerPC at NicoFRPC. I'm that on basically everything now. So please come check us out. And we are, uh, again, so, so grateful for everyone who watches, comments, leaves a like that. Uh, I can't even tell you how excited that makes me. It's amazing. It's amazing how, like, the Oklahoma City Thunder fans, the Milwaukee Bucks fans, um, we've gotten, like, Phoenix Suns. there's a lot of, yeah, Phoenix Suns. They seem to like what we said about Ishbia. Um, which actually that team is so interesting. I can't wait to really break down that. Team. Yeah, yeah, we'll <laughs> do a lot going on. We'll do team breakdowns going forward. So I'm, I'm. When excited. we start getting closer to like training camp, that's kind of what I want to roll that yeah, out I too. Think, is how that I think roll right into it will probably be a big month for that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So keep it locked here. Yes, sir. Keep yourself tapped in to. FRPC Front Runner Podcast Collective. And for the Canadian Bomber, 
the Canadian Shaman, the Canadian Bill Simmons, the Canadian Zach Lowe, and the forever Canadian son of one Loretta Curran. R.I.P. R.I.P. Ma. We love you. And uh, you got any final words, bud? No, that's that's great. Again, just thank you guys so much for everything watching us. We we hope to keep getting better. Deuces.